Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our management portfolio. Today's topic, active learning, critical thinking, research says, think reflective journaling. Our guest, Jody Tolan. Thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Deb. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really glad to be here. I am currently an assistant professor at the Marshall School of Business at the University of Southern California. I teach undergraduate and some uh, exec ed courses, but focusing primarily on organizational behavior, leadership, and interpersonal skills. I have an MBA where I discovered this wonderful um, area of organizational behavior and organizational development, and recently earned a doctorate in education where I focused on organizational leadership and change. But prior to teaching, I worked in industry as an OD consulting, helping companies build better managers and executive teams. And way back when, I actually worked on Capitol Hill in political consulting. A lot of my interest now, however, is in positive psychology and strengths-based and values-based student development to become leaders of the future. So really focusing on developing that next generation of leaders. Well, let's dig in. How does reflective journaling benefit students' leadership development? Well, confidence, character, and courage are really required to initiate and manage positive change. Those are the critical elements of leaders and a primary role of leaders across many fields. So we can start at the student level where students lead student organizations and are active in student teams, but they're going to need these attitudes, skills, and abilities when they become managers or emerging managers. And even CEOs and corporate executives, as well as entrepreneurs, will find these beneficial to be effective. The brain trust behind the VIA Institute on Character has shown in their studies that individualized programs are more effective at developing character and commitment than a more generalized approach. So Nan Sook Park and Christopher Peterson also proposed that character development programs need to teach specific activities of strengths and encourage students to keep using them to practice them in their daily lives to promote that level of confidence. Also, in another multi-institutional study on leadership development, John Dugan and Susan Comaves concluded that student leadership development is most effective when students learn over time, operationalize through practice, and receive feedback and support. So the reflective journaling exercises help students not only become more aware of their own skills and strengths, but also further develop and refine them in order so they can become truly their best selves. And as such, students can develop the confidence, character, and courage to become leading agents for positive change. But Deb, it's not just student leadership development where this is an effective tool. There are a number of studies that have found that reflective journal, journals can be helpful, a helpful learning tool, excuse me, for a much wider range of subjects. So this methodology can be used practically in any course. So in their book on reflective journal keeping, which we use kind of as a bit of a Bible when it comes to reflective journaling, Stevens and Cooper explain how journal writing allows students to reflect on their new knowledge that they learn in class 
They solidify that learning experience, not only by engaging with new material, but by examining their behaviors and thought processes as they progress further along in the course. So simply put, students apply what they learn, reflect and integrate and analyze how things went, they get feedback and they're able to try it again. So essentially they're moving up Bloom's taxonomy in this exercise. This journaling activity also gives students a relatively risk-free venue to explore, think, and practice skills that we learn in class. So students who write regularly in journals consistently see improvements in not only their writing skills and creative and reflective thinking skills, but also in their critical thinking skills, which is what employers are looking for. We all know that. Now, from a student side, my students appreciate how the journal exercise give them a structured opportunity to improve the interpersonal skills we cover in class. That's the class that I um, use this tool in. Things like conflict management, self-regulation and assertiveness, persuasion and influence, coaching. And the students believe that the practice of engaging in these exercises, plus the reflection and the analysis, build their confidence in using these new skills, these new skills, further in their project teams, in their student orgs, their e-boards, internships, and jobs, as well as resolving issues in their personal relationships. Some have even told me that without the required reflective journaling, it was unlikely that they would really practice these skills. And what good is that? It's not exactly what I want to hear as a professor, but I appreciate the honesty. The journaling is also a reasonable way to assess a student's skill growth, which is really a tricky proposition because we're not always able to see students applying them in the real world or even in an experiential exercise. This looks like you're emphasizing the skill sets employers are actually seeking. That's right. And one of them is emotional intelligence. And in fact, the journaling exercise and the, and the areas that we're focusing on really hit on all of those skill sets. So emotional intelligence depends on developing self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship building. So within this framework, Goleman and Boyadis identified elements that reside in these four skill areas. So emotional intelligence involves both interpersonal, which is between people, and intrapersonal skills, sort of looking within ourselves. So the reflective journal prompts students to first recognize their own behaviors and notice their impact. So that's self-awareness and kind of the interpersonal, intrapersonal approach. They experiment with different behaviors to get more positive results. So there's the self-management. And here you see adaptability, achievement orientation, optimism, or that positive outlook or positive mindset, and social and organizational awareness. So right there, we know employers are seeking those specific attitudes and abilities. And ultimately, they get to practice using these interpersonal skills interpersonal skills, such as influence, conflict management, teamwork to achieve personal team or organizational goals. How do you introduce and outline the parameters of these assignments? Well, I keep three points in mind. First, it's really important to be clear about the purpose of the journaling. 
So in my case, I frame the assignment as learning the interpersonal skills that will help a student be a more effective leader and enable him or her to achieve their goals more efficiently and effectively, be they personal or professional, individual or within an organization. I clearly explain this in the syllabus. Two, I make sure to determine how much structure I want to provide, especially if the journal entries are part of their course grade. So you want to make sure students clearly understand what they have to do. So students have to complete 10 journal entries for my course, but I don't want to scare anybody off. You can start in small increments, and maybe if this is the first time you're trying this, you might want to try just one or two. And actually, I have students do more because they really kind of get into it. I provide a variety of different sort of directed questions or prompts on our LMS, but you could also, just for those that don't have an LMS or still kind of low tech, please just use whatever tool is more appropriate for you. You could even put them as an addendum to the syllabus. The majority of these questions are directly related to a course topic or skill. And others may relate to an article in a business journal that speaks to a current management or leadership topic, or even ask students to reflect on an experiential activity in the class. And because students like flexibility and autonomy, I even allow students to design their own journal entry and choose to write on a topic that's both relevant and meaningful to them, but they still need to apply the specific course concepts to support their insights into their own personal development. So I'm going to paraphrase just a couple of examples because at this point I know it's a lot of generalized talking. So, for example, I have one when we're talking about influence and persuasion where I ask students what relationships have influenced their development and how and how might you influence others to mutual benefit where has this worked before? How does it fit into their own leadership identity? And where could you try this out? So sort of warming them up to reflecting on what's worked, what they would like to do, and creating an action plan. Also, we did an exercise in class. So I asked on, a, on persuasion. They had to actually persuade um, their group to elect them as the next CEO. And what was their role? What did they experience? How confident were they in the skills they used? And once they do that reflection and analysis and get those insights, I challenge them to go out and practice. So engage in an exercise of your own to persuade someone to change their behavior or their opinion, and then reflect on what worked, what didn't work, what would they do differently next time, what would they keep next time. So you get an idea of you have different levels of structure that you can support um, your students with. And three is to make sure that students understand how you'll be evaluating those responses. So how are you grading them or are you grading them? I put this in my syllabus as well. So in this elective course, these journal entries are worth 30% of their course grade. This signals that it's a, it requires a significant amount of effort. And it actually has the most weight um, across all the assignments. I'm the only one who's reading their journals. And although I encourage them to share with what we have, our accountability buddies in this class, on their own for more feedback if they want it. I don't make that a requirement yet, but perhaps in the future. I expect for, my, for this class, 
Journal entries are about 500 words, and they need to be thoughtful, convincing, insightful, not too descriptive, really kind of outline the basic uh, situation and then jump right to the analysis and what they learned. And I expect to see course concepts accurately applied throughout. The assignment, I score on a 10-point scale, which for me is very efficient. I don't want to get into the 100-point scale, and I know there are others that um, use different scales. But for me, and in my mind, I pick what I expect the average to be and then adjust accordingly. I don't worry about grammar or spelling because I want students to focus on the reflection, the analysis, and wrestling with the impact on their own development. Do students know how to do this on their own? Oh, that's a really good question, Deb, because um, actually Dewey reminded us that reflective habits of mind or reflective thinking must really be taught, is that it's not really an innate talent. So I try to set up students for success from the beginning to coach them through the process. And the initial structured prompts provide a good amount of direction. I also rely on a general methodology or approach that I expect students to follow. So I expect them to write things down, describe the situation briefly and their role in it, to reflect and think about what actually happened, their reactions and feelings, good and bad, and then analyze, explain, and gain insight. Now, this is where they're really integrating the course concepts in what am I looking at? What happened? How can the new knowledge that I'm gaining in class really give me insight on what worked, what didn't work? And then most, again, really important is it's not just an academic exercise of observation and analysis, but what are you going to do about it? So in their conclusion, they have to come up with a personal action plan. So what are they going to do differently next time? And on the basis of what they learned. So again, still supporting this um, with the course material. Now, I also provide examples from past student work, so students aren't like throwing darts in the dark. And I use often a personal example of my own reflective learning. Each instructor who goes through course evaluations has that opportunity to do that reflective exercise. And I also provide a couple of online resources that discuss reflective journaling. How do you evaluate student work since it can be very personal? And how do you encourage students to really open up? That's a really important point. In my experience, students really have to trust you. So I work hard, as I'm sure my colleagues do, to develop the psychological safety in our learning community so students feel safe in opening up. So this starts in the classroom, but I'm also mindful of how I provide feedback. So here's my technique, and I'm usually having a coaching conversation on the page as if I'm sitting with the student. I ask questions. Well, I write them, actually. And I give kudos for meaningful insights and thoughtful application of course material or topics that they're pulling in from class discussion or even from their previous exercises. And I try to balance the positive with the developmental feedback. And yes, before you ask, they aren't all terrific from the start. At the beginning, I often have to push them to consider what else, why in those early entries to get students to dig a bit deeper rather than simply be descriptive or narrative. Now, let me be real for a moment as I tend to be an eternal optimist. So not every student is going to embrace this process of learning, application, and self-reflection. 
However, I feel strongly that this is such an effective and impactful pedagogy that I really stick with it. And for that skeptical student, I continue to provide the same level of feedback and encouragement because it may not happen in my class or during the semester, but I believe at some point he or she will recognize the power and the benefit of that reflection. It sounds like this assignment can really impact a student's success in all aspects of their life, in class, clubs, work teams, internships, part-time jobs, and even home life. Really, what's most gratifying is to see in their reflections how students are becoming more competent and confident in their ability to speak up and practice, well, really to speak up with ideas across all these domains and really put their skills and into action. What have you learned from the experience that can benefit others who want to try journaling? Well, it's interesting because I think the one major challenge I have is that managing the workload for me for grading. I learned the hard way that giving students the flexibility and autonomy, I only set a couple of due dates and figured, you know, students would self-pace themselves and complete, you know, periodically the assignments. But what happened and those of you out there um, in podcast land probably have had similar experiences or could have warned me ahead of time, is that students kind of waited until the end of the semester, and then I'm stuck grading all these journals um, at the end of the semester. Now, also, remember, I teach a class that's only about 30 students. So, again, you can adapt this and and use parts of this depending on, on the size of your class as well as your topic. Um, so I would recommend to manage expectations up front and have more frequent required due dates so I can manage um, the grading and avoid that bottleneck at the end of the semester. And take the advice that I gave earlier about those three points and including that all up front and setting expectations clearly in the syllabus. Now, the benefits, I think, far outweigh that small challenge. Students get individualized, relevant, and real-world practice with the course content and personal development. They get feedback and the opportunity to try again over time with support. And they explore and apply their strengths and skills in daily life to promote that confidence, well-being, and experience the effectiveness, that success of their efforts. How can an instructor learn more? Well, I'd be happy to answer any emails um, from those that are listening. My email address is tolan, T-O-L-A-N, at marshall.usc.edu. That's M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L dot U-S-C dot E-D-U. But I also have two um, strong recommendations. The book that I referenced earlier, Journal Keeping, How to Use Reflective Writing for Learning, Teaching, Professional Insight, and Positive Change by Danelle Stevens and Joanne Cooper is really full of very practical applications and advice. And then also, there are a lot of articles online. So just Googling reflective journaling in college courses or for undergrads or graduate students, Um, you'll see there are a lot of resources on a number of different faculty development websites and academic journals as well. Jody, thank you for sharing your perspective, experience, and advice. To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to our colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything. Everything.